Welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. This week, Pat and I dive into all week three news, including the new Russell Wilson Subway commercial. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Welcome back to the Not Gonna Lie podcast. I'm your host, John, with here with my fellow co-host, Pat. Pat, Bears victory, two and one, feeling good. Where, where are we at? How are we feeling? Good's kind of an interesting way to put it, because um, the team looked good in certain aspects and then troubling and, and needing improvement in a few others. Um, when you're running for 281 rushing or yeah, 281 yards on the ground, that's automatically a good sign. Um, but you only won by three. You kind of needed the passing game to pick you up in a few spots, and it couldn't. Uh, Fields, I think, had eight completions and two picks and barely eclipsed 100 yards, which was somehow an improvement over last week. Um, just... I, I need to see some I need I need to see something in the offense next week against New York to be confident in them going forward and confident in the development of Justin Fields. But a win's a win. Defense looked pretty good at, uh, for a great majority of the game. Uh, getting turnovers when turnovers played an important role. Um, Eddie Jackson had a pick in the end zone and then Roquan Smith had a pick that set up the game winning field goal. Um so overall, two and one is two and one. Can't be too can't can't hang your head on two and one. Um, and it's uh, it's an on to next week. See how we can improve. Yeah, and I mean, realistically, you know, just looking ahead, the giant you get the Giants next week. Um, that's a winnable game, very winnable. Um, and you're you know you're knocking on the door of three and one, which is a uh, sure. Which, which is a fun be, little spot they would to be. be the, I, I think winner of this game will be the funniest three and one team in football. Yeah. Um, unless the Jacksonville Jaguars beat Philly. I don't, I mean, here's the thing though, is that Jacksonville has been laying the hammer yeah. down on their opponents. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, and we'll get into it here in a little bit, but the, them beating the Chargers by as much as they did makes me feel oddly better about, uh, our loss, even though we didn't score a single point, that's a problem. But uh, yeah, big week in the NFL. It's a victory Tuesdays for you and I both, since we're recording yeah. this on Tuesday. Um, so it's a good feeling. It's nice to score a point. Um, I'd forgotten what that felt like. Um, so it was nice. It was it was really nice. Uh, but we'll talk about the Chiefs game, Chiefs Colts game, in just a little bit. Um, some breaking personal news I've made. A trade. I was telling Pat before he got on here, this has been uh, quite the roster overhaul, um, especially for a two and one squad, but you can always make improvements. You can always get better. Um, so the past two trades I have made, I will go through one. I just finalized before we got on um, 
got on to record this, but I traded Drake. Lon- or I I traded away CD Lamb, DeAndre Swift, and Jeff Wilson for Drake London, Austin Eckler, and Travis Etienne. Um, feeling pretty good. Um, Swift is questionable these next two weeks out through the bye is what Dan Campbell was talking about. Um, and you and I, you you mentioned it before we get on too. Jamal Williams is just a pain uh, to you know to see if you have DeAndre Swift. Um, so buying low on Austin Eckler, uh, getting in on the ground floor and Drake London potentially. I don't know. What do you think? Good trade, bad trade? Where am I at? I, I like it because I I like you getting Eckler, um, and I know how much you love Travis Etienne. Um, so you're kind of getting, you're getting a, the best player in this trade, but you're also improving on your depth throughout the season too. Yeah. And, and I was telling you, um, for people who don't know, it's a four bench league. So it's pretty, like pretty slim. So, uh, you, you know, having him, so this'll, this'll round out the, so my bench will be Godwin. So I have Godwin coming back. I've got Dak Prescott coming back and then, um, ETN and Tony Pollard who I just traded for in another trade I I brought on AJ Brown, Tony Pollard and Matt Ryan in exchange for Allen Robinson, Miles Sanders and Tom Brady. Um so that one uh I mean getting AJ Brown if he continues this pace that's like middle wide receiver one uh capabilities um and I think that Matt Ryan and and uh Tom Brady can kind of go toe for toe here. Um, the rest of the season and then uh, Miles Sanders and Tony Pollard in my mind is is pretty close but um, yeah so big overhaul in the roster these past couple of days a lot of moving and and shaking but um, yes your your team how how do we do how do we do this week any any luck with the trades any any bites so I I did not make any moves Uh, I thought that the offers that I received were were too low um, for this early in the season to where I thought I would be better sticking it out. And for the most part, I was because I scored the most points in a loss this week. So I moved to 0-3, which was not great. Uh, but we saw some development from the fellas um, that I think positions me in a better spot going into this week to then make a move or something um, to kind of correct my trajectory, hopefully. Um and we'll kind of go from there. You know, still saw some disappointment. I had to bench Keenan Allen last minute right before the three o'clock games. And uh, in turn, opted for um, Scotty Miller, who I think brought me 0.9 points total, which Amazing. was a crusher because I lost by eight. And I think Prashad Perriman was on the bench or was on uh, was on the waiver wire. Um, before the game and I probably could have picked him up and I don't know what he got but I know that he was certainly targeted more than Scotty Miller's 0.9 points so a bummer but you know we move on we live yeah you you live and you learn um yeah I mean going back on three is a tough spot to be in but you're not out of it yet so yeah I I am oh and three so it's funny so I was telling you about this but I I use fantasy pros for a lot of like just comparison stuff and whatever and they have uh one of my teams as rest of season the best team um in the league um and i'm zero and three and have scored the 11th most points um and part of that is user error uh i have had amari cooper on the bench 
for both of his 20-point games, as well as Cordero Patterson, both of his 20-point games. The only game I did get him in was the one where he scored four points. Um, so I've got Amari Cooper and Cordero Patterson in my in my rotation this week. Um, so we're, we're feeling good about that. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Khalil Herbert blew up, um, which is good news, exciting news for you, kind of. Um, with, with the team he's a guy that you know if david montgomery doesn't go he's a good plug and play option but realistically um you know in a pinch he could also be a guy that uh um like he might be good regardless um yeah. week in week out uh, especially with the way that the bears play football now um i think they forgot that like you can the forward pass is legal um I it think is. was a big cat. I think it was big cat. It might've been somebody else, but I saw something on Twitter and it was talking about how like, um, it might've been his power rankings. It's like Super Bowl champions. If it was 1905 um, and it was the Chicago bears or yes. something like that. Well, um, and I think the biggest bummer for me was I would have started. I had Khalil Herbert on my bench. Mm-hmm. So I would have started him had I known that David Montgomery would get hurt three snaps in. Yeah. But without that knowledge, then he sits on your bench. So racking up points yeah so you know sleeper tells you how many points you left on the bench and and what your efficiency was as a manager and my efficiency was terrible because i left 30 points on the bench that would that would do it but But 30 points that you don't necessarily see happening so how do you how do you disappointing but not the end of the world yeah um but no i think you're in a good spot here um as you mentioned because you've got derrick henry he had a good week um so you get a little bit of, of movement in that direction, but I did have you send me the screenshots of guys that are available on, um, on the waiver wire. And I mean, man, nobody really stands out to me um, no. in terms of going out and getting them. I think, um, I mean, a guy that, you know, would be interesting would be in Joku, but you just picked up Gerald Everett last week. Um, and I'm a big believer in what, where he's at. And especially if you get a healthy Justin Herbert, um, it's a different, different thing. Um, yes. So really, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody you really go and grab from from the waiver wire. Um, but yeah, I, I think don't know it's how another week of just waiting, not waiting and seeing, but seeing what you can get on the trade market at this point. Yeah, um, let the offers come your way. I've been I've been relatively unlucky because in the first two weeks, you have Josh Allen kind of carrying the torch for this team to at least make games competitive, mm-hmm. and then Josh Allen doesn't perform all too well and it's the week where i lose in a close game and score my most points of the season so um there are ways to improve it i'm not too worried uh if you see me next week and i'm oh and four or even the week after and i'm oh and five then i'm probably just going to be the guy who drops everybody from my team and ghosts everybody in my league <laughs> oh. and just never talks to them ever again but you know whatever Listen, if if week if week five rolls around and you still haven't won a game, that's where I think from a content standpoint, it actually gets really fun because then we start um, making some swings, going for like home run plays that yeah. we otherwise wouldn't go for, um, which might be scary as the manager of the team, but as your co-host and as uh, you know, for the listeners of the podcast, it should be pretty should be pretty fun yeah. to see what what stuff we might come up with. So. Yes, everybody enjoying my demise. Can't wait. <laughs> it's early. It's early. Get a <laughs> healthy Keenan. You'll be you'll be good to go. 
Um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk some football here. Let's go rapid fire through a couple of these games, and then we'll uh, sure. we'll, we'll sit on our Texans and Bears, or not Texans, Colts and Bears a little bit. You're right there. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm jumping ship. I I want it to be worse. Um, for for me. All right, Thursday night Steelers Browns. Uh, this Browns offense looks competent, which going yeah. into the year. That's what you and I talked about was like, okay, if they can do good enough, then when Deshaun comes back, they can maybe catch a groove and sneak into the playoffs. I mean, two and one, Amari Cooper's got a solid connection with Jacoby Brissett and Joku blew up. And then obviously you've got the run game. Um, I mean, this offense is, yeah, they're, they're doing just enough. Uh, a little bit of pain though. I think I bet I had a live, not a live bet, but I bet an alternate spread um on this game and i think it was like 43 and a half so that um last second touchdown just sunk me um which i i really can't catch a break if we want to go into you know we can talk about your fancy football woes but we can talk about my uh sports betting woes which we will in a little bit when we discuss um my two and seven record my seven and two record it's ridiculous but whatever um yeah so Brown's offense looks decent. Uh, I know we're three weeks into the season, but if they can stay around that 500 mark when Deshaun comes back, they've got a shot at the playoffs, no? They probably do. Um, I, I, I have trouble just imagining them playing incompetent offenses, though the entirety of Deshaun's absence um, there's no way in hell that Matt Canada should be an offensive coordinator in the NFL, let alone in college football, considering that he failed there, was fired, and and failed upward into the NFL. Um, he's, his scheme is so basic that it's just it's an easy one to scheme against, and it's nice because it's, oh, well, you know, you don't have to dumb it down for Mitch, but it's you know, it's something simpler, gets him into the game quickly, but also it gets him blown up so much easier just because they're not fooling anybody. Um, and it be, then it becomes unfair because Mitch doesn't look good right now in the system. I can tell you right now, Kenny Pickett is not going to either because it's just a poor design, uh, which is really disappointing. Um you know, we, we always talk about, oh, well, Mitch deserves that opportunity. This just isn't an opportunity. And then they're going to put in Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett's going to struggle. And then he's going to be on the same path and trajectory that Mitch Trubisky was on when he was drafted by Ryan Pace in 2017 with Mike Glennon ahead of him and John Fox as, as his head coach with Dowell Logans as the offensive coordinator. So just it, it's a mishmash of just bad things happening around them in a bad situation. Um, and it's unfortunate for the players involved because it's just a, it's a wasted year when wasting a year in the NFL is not something that you can really afford to do. So. Well, and, and for a, a Steelers team that has so many win now pieces. Yeah. Too. I mean, like, yes, I'm with you. Wasting a year is not good, but wasting a year is really bad when you've got on the other side of the ball, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, like these are legit top five pieces at their position. Um, and the defense can only do so much. 
Um, obviously TJ Watts out for a, a couple more weeks here, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you and on, on offense too. Deontay Johnson is great. George Pickens is insane. Um, Najee Harris, like they've got the the pieces that they need to be good. Um, and it's frustrating that they're one, that they're a quarterback away and two um, in an off season where so many quarterbacks were moving. Um, it's also now to the point of like, okay, did was going after Mitch and drafting Kenny Pickett enough to address a problem that's for a team that's been a quarterback away for the last three years, um, you know, obviously having to play with a shell of, of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, sure. So it's, I mean, it's gotta be frustrating to have this many like game breaking weapons on both sides of the ball and struggle to score 20 points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the, they're a better team when TJ Watts there, but does TJ Watt make enough of a difference to win a game on the offensive side too? Um, I mean, you could probably make the argument that he's better for field position, but it's not like their defense was the problem in this game necessarily. The Browns are always going to dink and dunk, and TJ Watt's not, not going to prevent that from happening. So it's just kind of a weird, a weird one. Um, but yeah. Yeah. One so one more thing on this Browns team. Um they are a Joe Flacco miracle away from being three and oh first off. Um, crazy. second off, they get the Falcons, they go on the road, face the Falcons, and then listen to their next stretch, uh, chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. Obviously if no Mac Jones Patriots game is a little bit easier, but that's, what is that? Six, seven games against potentially teams that Superior could be in the playoffs, like very easily yes. be in the, in, in the playoffs this year. Um, Wow. So yeah, it's, it's a hot start and they're going to have to steal a couple of these games to stay afloat. Um, but realistically, so you get, you get Deshaun with seven games to six games to go. So if you, if they're at, I don't know, what's the minimum they can be at what, like what record with, with six to go. So it'd be what, can they do it at four and seven? Probably not five and six. They need to be five, and, five six. and six is yeah, probably five and six. And then you need to be close to running the table. Um, when Deshaun gets back to finish 11 and six. And even then, cause I, I mean, kind of going over our preseason predictions, I had a couple teams that I think the worst team that I had making the playoffs in the AFC was the, I had both the dolphins and Patriots at 11 and five and the dolphins winning the tiebreaker. That's different to me now. Yeah. But, it's it or excuse me 11 and 6 but it's it's still going to be a tough task for them yeah i mean this stretch i just don't you know definitely they, need, need some things to kind of go your way i don't know I, yeah i just i can't see him getting to five wins i can't see them winning three games from this stretch yeah until deshaun gets back wow yeah that's that's that's, a, that's why it stinks stretch. to lose that's why it stinks to lose a game in a minute and 40 seconds against Joe Flacco in the year of our Lord, 2022. So. Yeah, uh, no, agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's move on to Sunday. Colts got on the board, both on the scoreboard and the win board. One, one, and one. Not many teams can say they've done that. Um, so that's exciting. I was not overly impressed 
by this game. I know that, you know, that it's a huge win, obviously not taking anything away from, from that, but I felt like offensively Matt Ryan looks awful. He has seven yeah. fumbles in three games. Like that's unheard of. That's yeah, unreal. Those are Jameis Winston numbers. <laughs> he can't, Hey, not nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he can't seem to hang on to the football. They are regularly being dominated by blitzes. It's like the offensive line has never seen a fifth or sixth rusher before, and they don't know what to do. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs tried that weird fake punt, um, not having Harrison Butker really hurt them. Um, I mean, they converted when it counted, but also that drive, if it wasn't for that Chris Jones unsportsmanlike penalty, the Colts are punting and, you know, who knows where we're, where we're at from there. Holding the Chiefs to 17 points is great. Getting a win is great. Um, I I am surprised personally because I, if we like getting a win, I, getting a win, I felt like I would be more excited about it. But rewatching the game, going back, looking it over, it's like man, it's not impossible, and it might just be a gelling type of thing, just getting to the next, getting to that next point, but. I don't know. I'm not as excited as I feel like I should be after beating the Chiefs. Um, I get that, but you, at 0 and 2, you have to take what you can get. Yeah, well, oh, um, oh, 1 and 1. Oh, 1 and 1. I'm sorry. So we're 1 1. 1 1 1. Now. You, tied with, you tied with the Texans. Mentally, you should be 0 and 2. Okay. <laughs> um, if you're tied with the Chiefs, maybe you're 0 1 and 1. Um, no, it. Uh, I think you just kind of have to take what you can get at this point because you can look at it from another angle and that's say that you beat the say that you beat Jacksonville last week and you're one and oh or you're one oh and one coming into this week and then you play this way things don't fall your way and then you still leave it one one and one I mean you're you're in that situation now where um, you probably feel the same way and you shouldn't because you're at least coming off of a win that can that you can now build upon. It, it's tougher to get people to buy in and then start believing again in this team if you continue to lose. And so take what you can get is kind of my message to you. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's fair. I certainly get why you're why you're concerned. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, looking at it from a top-down view, I have them going two and one during the first three game stretch of the season. So we're a half game behind the pace that I had expected us to be at. Um, but this week is a big one against the Titans. It's very winnable, um, but it's really, can we put the pieces together um, and do something about it? It's going to be like the the, the big indicator, um, but man, a win is a win is a win. We'll leave it at that. You're right. Um, speaking of the bears, two and one bears, taking down the Texans who, uh, who did tie with uh, the aforementioned Colts. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Um, Khalil Herbert looked great. The run game is fantastic. I mean, no issues um, for anybody who wants to run uh, as a member of the Chicago bears. Um, yes. Two and one. And like I said, three and one is well within grasp. Um, and then who the heck knows? Yeah, um, definitely kind of an interesting 
where do you go from here? We kind of mentioned that the Giants becomes a winnable game, especially if you watch them on Monday night. They were not overly impressive. However, Chicago has struggled against the run, so you, you're now concerned about Saquon Barkley being very good. Um, but the defense for New York allowed Cooper Rush to really kind of throw the ball on them when he needed to. And my hope is that the 11th pick from the 2021 NFL draft, Justin Fields, is better than Cooper Rush. I don't think that it's too much to ask for. Maybe it is. Um, so that said, uh, New York's going to come out angry, and the Bears, I hope, come out hungry, considering that they scraped by Houston. Um, and don't get me wrong, Houston's scrappy. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of hoping they figure some things out and – are able to pass the ball against New York. That'd just be kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, I think of it and, you know, maybe this is a compliment to the bears, but I think of it very similarly to the Denver Broncos situation, right? Like they haven't played great at all, but they're two and one. So you can, you can take that. And, um, and maybe I need to take some of my own advice on that with the Colts, but it's like, maybe you haven't played at the level that you want but you you're in a good spot, not in a terrible spot. I mean, they're a Brandon McManus field goal away from, from uh, being three and oh, you know, so yes. it's, uh, it's a good situation to be in. Um, obviously there's always things you can work on, but having those wins is, is, uh, is always nice. Um, all right, moving on. This probably will go down as the, why was this, a one o'clock game game of the year award um, was the bills and the dolphins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, maybe you don't expect the dolphins to be what they should be, but it's like just from hype alone. I don't know. It's weird. Um, that, well, it's weird that, too, because also if you probably move it from one o'clock, um, the results different. You could tell with all the players collapsing on the field from dehydration and yeah. whatnot. If, the weather has a chance to cool off or if you're playing in the afternoon, even you're probably talking about better um, hydration. And um, at that point, less cramps and, and whatnot, and you might have different situations at the most crucial point in that game. You saw Stefan Diggs needing work on the sideline, laying down on his back um, in, in, you know, in good pain, those cramps are no joke. Um, and that's that's the Dolphins' greatest home field advantage that they can possibly have as a new yeah. game in September. Yeah, I mean, this was, I, I mean, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people, as well as myself, were expecting more points, but I think the weather does play a huge role in that and just the humidity and everything. Um, but, I mean, man, I don't want to do this again because I feel like we've done this the last couple of years, but... Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times on Sunday. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is which is unreal. Um, and I don't know. I and it was Devin Singletary. It was some of Devin Singletary's best fantasy work in recent memory too, because he was targeted a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had, I think he had like 10 catches, nine catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. When you look at the when you look at the total, they had a lot of plays. They ran. Past 63, ran 23 um, for 115 yards. Um, but, man, I don't know. I just feel like at a certain point, it's going to get tougher for Josh Allen to produce at this level 
if that's always going to be your your backstop um yes. it's just you know letting him let it rip um one thing that i've noticed about these bills and i think that they're i mean i've got them winning a super bowl like i think they're a great football team they did it a little bit in the rams game um that i saw um i think tennessee that was like that was their best game by far and they obviously did it in this game and it's very like it's highlighted because they lost but they have a tendency to just make sometimes silly little mistakes like they beat themselves every once in a while and they did this against the rams even though they blew them out um but there are a couple opportunities here um that they had into the first half and obviously the big one is end of the second half in getting out of bounds clocking it doing what you have to do i mean it's like it's frustrating to be you know uh i i, I imagine to be a fan of the team it was frustrating for ken dorsey um sure. and it really sucked for that tablet that he absolutely destroyed um, yes <laughs> but the nfl said they would discipline harder this week if, uh teams were destroying league equipment is that okay is that a good or a bad marketing thing for microsoft if people are destroying the tablets i feel like it's got to be people a good are thing. destroying it i feel like if people are destroying it, it's got to be a bad thing like what they should they should put an indestructible case on that thing and then be like look at us that that is a good yeah, can't, can't break a, a good, tablet can't can't break a surface baby. a good marketing opportunity for well i've never seen yeah. the screen cracked and maybe that's just because i haven't seen a picture fair. of it but yeah. I know that people have slammed them down. I have not seen a picture afterwards of them cracked. So, yes. but I, that all marketing aside, um, I mean, it's yeah, that this team is still very young and that's exciting and that's good, but there are going to be these growing pains um, and frustrating things, but that's what they have to do. Like we know they can score 40, but can you win a close game? Can you get that stop yeah. when you have to? Can you manage the clock well and drive down the field? Um, and this one of the answers to the question right now is no, it's not the final answer, but that's what I'm getting initially um, from that. Other thing I wanted to talk about was, I mean, I'm no doctor, but something was definitely wrong with Tua. Uh, yeah. He took that hit and then almost just collapsed on himself. They said it was a nerve in his back that it flared back they're not saying concussion they're saying back yeah which i mean i don't know i don't want to do too much speculation but that's just weird like that was very weird. yeah that's the best way to, um, to describe it i think i kind of think you're right on that um they We'll we'll kind of get to the third. We'll you know when we bet we have to bet the Thursday night game. I'm yeah. looking at it right now. Miami is four point underdogs, and Cincinnati hasn't necessarily played well enough to warrant that with a healthy Tua. So I think that line is simply because we don't know if that's going to be Teddy Bridgewater or if it's going to be Tua. Um, I loved the fact that um, there were people on Twitter saying today we're screwed if Teddy Bridgewater plays. He looked for, so bad in his three snaps when Tua was out. And it's like, well, okay, well, give him a week to to prep, you know, maybe. Um, yeah, two days at this point. Or couple, I guess, yeah, it's just two days now. Um, but still, going into a game, knowing that you're the starter versus entering the game right before halftime, not expecting to come into the game, are two wildly different preparations. Um, 
or at least I would assume they are. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Tua definitely looked off, but winning that game, and then just seeing kind of with everything that was going against Miami too, kicking it off of um, who was the player that had the ball shoved up his oh. butt. Um, on that punt. Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Did you, see, think of who it is. Did you see what Tyree Kill said? He no. probably delivered one of the most out-of-pocket lines. I think Trent Sherfield was who it was, but he delivered okay. one of the most out-of-pocket lines in his post-game interview. He said that next time, Sherfield should catch the ball between his cheeks because he has strong cheeks. And that's not me <laughs> paraphrasing. That's like about as close to a direct quote as you can get, which is just like, I don't even know what to make of that. Um, yeah. But it was too good not to share, I think. So um, I had to. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, we're going to – I'm excited for round two between those two teams. I think that's going to be good. Um, the other thing, too, is the Bills were down both of their safeties, which is a big piece of their defense. Um, and so I'm interested to see what happens moving forward um, when they when they adjust that. And when we recorded last week, we didn't know that Mike Hyde would be out for the year. So that one's pretty significant and long yeah. term. So. Yeah. And so that's why when I bet them minus five and a half, I didn't know Mike Hyde. If I would have adjusted, would have been different. Um, just saying. Um, <laughs> whatever. I'm over it. Uh, all right. Let's let's take some quick hitters here. Um, yeah. Bengals first win of the season against the Jets, as expected. Um, it's a nice get right game yeah and yeah moving on to thursday we'll talk about that one in, in a little bit but yeah that's the kind of game that you that you need joe flacco threw the ball 52 times which is absurd um <laughs> i bet over 36 pass attempts because i just saw how much he threw the ball the previous two games and so he'd had 36 by like start of the fourth quarter um so cruising with that one um ravens patriots mac jones high ankle sprain out a couple weeks um Lamar looks, surgery that has not been determined yet is that okay so it might be more so mi minimum yeah. I mean it looked bad him being like having to be essentially carried off the field um on that last play I don't know if you saw the picture that came from it but it looked like he was in a lot yeah. of pain a lot well and then there was the there was the report that he was being carried down the steps to the locker room and mm -hmm. like screaming in pain yeah which is never good no. Um, I thought I would let you know really quick. How many times did Joe Flacco throw the ball? 52. How many completions did he have? 28. All right. This season, Justin Fields is 23 of 45. <laughs> oh, my Two word. touchdowns, four picks. We're moving in the right direction. He, oh, man. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, okay, he threw – uh, week one against the the Ravens, he threw the ball fifty nine times, Good and then forty four against the against the Browns. They are milking him for everything he's worth until until Zach. Yeah, Wilson. watch Zach Wilson come back and they only throw like twelve times. Yeah, that's really realistically what's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lamar looks great. I think I saw a stat today, and it was like if you take away all the rushing points. He's QB five on just passing alone. And if you take away passing, he would be RB 11 this season, which is unreal. I mean, to keep doing this at this level 
uh, it, I mean, it's like they're they're a, a second half collapse from the Dolphins away from being three and zero and yeah. being talked about in this like upper echelon of those types of teams. And I think they should be. I mean, they've the offense looks great. Um, the defense, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was a fluke what happened or it's, you know, I mean, the Dolphins, it's Jalen Waddle and, and uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. So that's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that, that's a problem. But I feel like the Ravens need a little bit more respect. I am still, you know, they need to do in the playoffs, obviously. But in terms of where they're at now, people are, t- I feel like forget about them. And I, maybe it's, you know, the Bengals overhype a little bit and, but they're right now, in my opinion, they're playing as a top three team, in the AFC, at least like bare minimum top three team, in the AFC, you could go higher if you wanted to, um, but they look great. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fair. I don't know. I just, it's, 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 it's interesting to me. Um, and I want to see him do some more. I'll, so then what's your ceiling for them in the playoffs? I mean, realistically, uh, the the defense is a concern, um, but it's yeah. not like, you know, overwhelming. I but think we that... watched a playoffs last year where everything seemed to be a shootout. We both kind of think that they can contend in a game like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, okay, the biggest thing for me is, especially this year, I feel like Lamar has improved so much as a passer. And I yeah. think we saw at the end of last year um, when he did play, but we didn't get a full taste of it because, you know, he was out for a couple of weeks. Um, but I feel like he's improved so much as a passer. He's gotten smarter as a runner, um, incredibly efficient. I think realistically, um, they've got a shot to, uh, you know, play a close game with the bills in the AFC championship game. Like, I think that's where they're at. Um, and if they get a couple of bounces that go their way, cause it's weird in the playoffs, they could find themselves in the super bowl. Um, I think that, you know, they still haven't fully introduced JK Dobbins um, into this. He played his first game back and the out, the other pieces in the running game, not name Lamar Jackson have struggled. Cause it's been Kenyon Drake going for five carries and nine yards. Um, yep, and just whoever else so getting jk dobbins back healthy is going to be really nice i think this team is legit well um, i hope it's really nice because we haven't seen him produce at any point in his career because yeah. he hasn't played mm-hmm. um and like so that's just another not... wrinkle that they that they yeah. can add in which is yes if you if you can add in an effective run game because of jk dobbins then you are immediately a contender for at the very least, to the AFC Championship game. I think the way that the division's shaking up, it's going to be smooth sailing for them um, in terms of how it looks now. I mean, the Bengals could turn it around, but the offensive line looks worse, even though they invested so much money into it. Um, And the Steelers and Browns, you know, we talked about them already. So it's like this, they've got a shot to win 11, 12 games um, and cruise in the division and and fight for, you know, one of those top seeds um, in the AFC but I don't know. I'll get off. I, I, if you told me like four years ago that I would be saying all these things about Lamar and about the Ravens, I would have told you you were crazy. I was wrong. Sure. I was wrong. Uh, like I just didn't think it was sustainable um, without the development, but now we have that development and it's as a passer and it's, it's fantastic. Um, all right. We'll keep it moving. Another team that 
is playing really good football right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yes. They scored all of their points in the second quarter. I'm looking at the box score right here. They went 24 to eight and they scored all 24 points in the second quarter, um, which is funny, but I mean, yeah, Hertz Hertz is fantastic. The defense is great. I was watching the game on Sunday and the thing that impressed me the most was not that they were able to get to Carson Wentz so many times. I think they had like seven sacks, but it was the fact that they had a new and creative celebration after every single sack. That was the thing that impressed me. It was, there was no, there were no repeats. Um, you had Fletcher Cox, I think, doing the little army crawl. You had somebody kicking through a box. I don't remember what it was, but I was just like, man, these guys, you would think they would run out of ideas, but no, they the well did not run dry for them. Um, no. But, I mean, now let's talk about the Eagles. Where's their, where's their ceiling? Where are they at? Well, they might look like the best team in the NFC, and I don't think that that's necessarily a huge stretch either. Um, the Rams are coming along, um, but the Cardinals are confusing, even though I think that they should be better because they certainly have talent on that roster. Yeah. Um, nobody in the NFC North necessarily looks good. Or the South. Um, Both of them. I don't, or I don't or the South. Yeah. yeah. Tampa looks underwhelming. They, they're – they – they were close to being a an extremely underwhelming three and zero this year, um, so it's fitting that they're two and one. And Philly just kind of looks far and away like the best team, not only in their division, which is tough to do. We've seen years where it's will will a team that wins the division finish over five hundred? Um, and uh, right now they look like they might be as good as they've been since twenty eighteen. Yeah. 17, I mean, 2017. It's a full, it's a full complete team. I mean, yeah. every, every aspect, I feel like they have done a good job of, of addressing it. I mean, going yep. out and getting AJ Brown signing to that big extension, AJ Brown is legit. He, you know, in, in terms of fantasy, he's a wide receiver one, but he looks like one of the best receivers yes. in football. And then Devonte Smith goes for one fifty six and a touchdown. Like they, they yeah. are, they are, are doing crazy things. Um, I mean, it's, it's efficient. They are dominating every game that they've played um, offensively, because I mean, week one against the Lions, it was a little bit, you know, came down to the wire there. Um, but offensively they've played three complete football games um, against decent opponents. I mean, yeah. I don't think we've seen, you know, a top in a top end talent yet. Uh, the closest thing to that was the Vikings, but they got Kirk Cousins on Monday night. So like, what is that? How can you properly grade it? Yeah. What yeah. does that really count for? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's moving forward. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think ironically, and this is weird, but this game this week against the Jaguars is going to tell us a lot about both teams. Yeah. Uh, because we can we can segue into that one. The Jaguars put up 38 on the Chargers. And I know that Justin Herbert was banged up, but um, 38 points on the Chargers has nothing to do with Justin Herbert. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, flipping field position, but really. I mean, that's the offense, the offense is flowing. Um uh James Robinson looks great post Achilles uh injury. Christian Kirk looks, I mean. I never thought I would say it, but I feel like Christian Kirk is worth the 20 mil that he was paid, 21 million he was paid. Yeah. 
because Easily he's come the worst he's come in and been probably yeah yeah he's come in and been the go-to guy wide receiver one yeah. for trevor lawrence um and gives him the best receiver he's had up to this point um yeah I mean, well it, it shows you what's surrounding a second year quarterback with superior talent can do for their yeah. development because we're start we're learning a lot about trevor lawrence right now we're learning that his arm talent transcends from college to the pros or translates um which is not always the case for passers um really of his skill set and we're learning that it is working so they made the right pick with him at number one. Not that there was ever really a doubt. I yeah, guess I he's a third year now, isn't he? No, first year, second year. Second, second, yeah. Second yeah, year. Yeah. Um I mean, so yeah, yeah just... he, he was he was he was the guy for sure. And now we're kind of seeing elements of uh you know why they yep. believe what they did. Tell me, is this what you've seen in these three games? Um do you think the Jaguars are a, a potential playoff team? Um, kind of depends how that division goes. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility. If Indianapolis is underwhelming and Tennessee doesn't really get their heads out of their ass, then you could see it happening. Cause I don't think that Houston, Houston could, could have beat the bears and improved to one, one and one, but I would not be impressed by them at any point. Yeah. Um, and then you have Indy who's won one and one, and then you have what Tennessee's one and two, one and two, yeah, with their lone win coming against an underwhelming 0 and three team right now, um, or an underperforming at least. Um, yeah, Jacksonville mm-hmm. could do it, but I mean, by process of elimination, they've been the most impressive team through the first three weeks, in my opinion. Um, in yeah. the AFC South. Um, but yeah, I mean, oof, wow. Interesting. That is, yeah, it is, it's something. I mean, it's cool to see because now you can kind of see, you know, people who aren't as big on college and, and didn't understand how big of a talent Trevor Lawrence was. Um, and then coming in the first year with Urban Meyer, it was a weird, weird year. Yeah. And so now you get to see, you know, what it looks like when you, surround your your guy with with talent so it's it's cool um all right let's go rapid fire let's finish off these games um then we can get to our couple uh last segments saints panthers um Jameis is uh i don't i don't know i'm not really sure i feel like it's an injury i mean we know it's a fractured back um the fact that they're sticking with him says a lot i think um but I don't know. There were a couple of those like classic Jameis being Jameis plays that I think people are gonna are gonna stick on. Even the touchdown pass. People are gonna he, harp on him. Yeah. He threw he threw a, a jump ball in the triple team that uh what's it? Marquez Callaway had an insane catch on. But um I will say I'm not putting this down in, in our in our bets, but the second half over and the Saints to win the second half against the Vikings feels like a lock because the Saints are most definitely a second half team. Um, that's all I have to say on the matter. But Saints to win the second half and over 
total points feels like a lock to me. The um, My takeaway from this game, if you are looking for a positive for New Orleans, is that Chris Olave looks primed for a big role in his future. Yeah. It looks really yeah. good. Yeah, no, I, I think they're, it's weird because the Saints will have drives where they look like a mess, and then they'll have drives where they look like one of the best offenses in the NFL, and they can't be stopped. And so if it's just like, how does that tra- how do you translate that to a to a consistent basis? If you're New Orleans and you're struggling within the in within the division, let's not say that it's out of reach, but it's just things are not going your way by week eight. When was the trade deadline? Still week eight, right? Yeah, week eight. Mm-hmm. Um, are you shopping, Michael Thomas? Ooh, it'd be tough. I mean, it depends on where he's at production wise because yeah. he might not have done enough to warrant that as of yet, but I don't know. I, I think that it's a little early to push the panic button. And, you know, I am sure. obviously a big believer in the saints. Um, and I think that they can turn around and, you know, maybe going to London is just what they need. Maybe Jameis is maybe. better across the pond. Um, but that's, that's going to be a good one early morning. We're sending our greatest warrior to pay his <laughs> respects to the queen. That's right. We, we, that was our, our. James will definitely game. reference her in his random ass pregame pump up speech. He is, he is one of the, when he's eating the dub in the NFL. I think oh that's like God. without, without debate, one of the funniest dudes in the NFL. Yes. Unintentionally one of the funniest yes. dudes in the NFL. Agreed. All right. Rams, Cardinals. We talked about this a little bit. Cardinals are confusing. Yeah. The Rams are figuring it out. Um, yep. It's about like nothing new has changed in my mind. Nope. Um, that's because how that's always been because of that. Yeah. Um, Falcon Seahawks. Um, Drake London looks really good. Um, this game is like, it gives you just a little bit of a taste if you're a Falcons fan or if you're, you know, a believer in the offense, which I don't know how many there are. Um, but that was a good offensive game. You got Kyle Pitts going. Drake London looked good. Cordell Patterson looked good. Like that's, and it's against the Seahawks. So it's like, what does it really, what, what does it really mean? But that's one of those games where it's like, man, this offense is like, got some pieces, got some weapons. Um, so that was encouraging. I think um, from that standpoint, um, I don't know, any, any takeaways for you from this game? I mean, it's two bad teams duking it out. Somebody's got to win. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of how it goes. Um, there are some trends to kind of pick up on that I'll talk about more when we are making picks for this week. Okay. Um, All right. A little Seattle's bad. Seattle's yeah. bad. Atlanta's bad. I think Atlanta's better. Which before the season, I had these two teams as the two worst teams in the NFL, I think. And I think I still had Seattle with the first pick mm-hmm. in the draft. So, yeah. Um, Packers, Bucks. I mean, fourteen to twelve. Um, really underwhelming. Just like a what? What a crappy game for what could have been great if both offenses weren't really struggling to figure it out. Although yeah, you can I mean, say five that years uh, ago, Romeo a... Dubs looked great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's going to become Rogers' favorite receiver relatively quickly with Sammy Watkins on IR and Alan Lazard. Um healthy and not healthy and kind of teetering on the edge and yeah yeah. he's good for 
every other game about two, three catches and a touchdown is Alan Lazard. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, Dubs is that it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like, this was a guy that was getting big talk at a camp and now we're seeing it. And it's like, how often do we get a talk about like, you know, this rookie who unheralded a little bit. Um, so it's kind of cool to like see that progress and play out in full time. Cause that was kind of the thing was everybody was like, Oh, Romeo dubs. Like he was yeah. the, the talk of the town really. And so if he can be the guy, like, that's cool. That's good. Um, but yeah, uh, Sunday night, another ugly game, Broncos Niners. Um, it's, they really got to figure that out. It's a tough, it's a tough look for the people who were clamoring for Jimmy G to start really yeah. pushing for it. Um, because I'm pretty sure Trey Lance can get you 18 for 29, 211 yards and a touchdown. Um, and he can do it with 50 to 75 rushing yards to boot. Um, it was, it's tough. It's, I mean, you know, Garoppolo was away from the team all off season, but some of these misses were bad. I mean, it's like, you've got guys, I think there was like a third and 12. He had Ayuk wide open and just one hopped it to him. Yep. Um, and it's like, dude, that's. It's not great considering that it's his first full test for his audition for next year. Yeah. Um, where just playing above average will get you such a massive payday elsewhere. And this was not good. Um, if you can if you I, can lead yeah. the Niners to 10 wins, which is doable with as talented as the squad is, then you've guaranteed yourself what 20 to 25 million next year, the way these contracts are are being dished out. Yeah. Um but as for Denver, how bad are they? Like I I, I don't so get bad. it. I don't get I, it. I I, I I can't figure it out. Well, and here, here's the deal. I will tell you this right now, regardless of what happens, even if the Broncos continue to do this for the rest of the season, they're still going to win 10 games. Yeah. Russ did this so often in Seattle. It All was like time. Seattle would All play terrible games and then he would just pull it out at the end and lead a touchdown drive and do just enough. And, and it's like, yeah, it's it so weird be because it's like, you know, this isn't a good like this, or this isn't a, a top end football team, um, but they're going to win like the 10, 11 weird games are going to do just enough. And it's annoying to watch, but it's like, that's, do you remember that graphic that from a few years ago? Do you remember that graphic from a few years ago? I don't know what it was about if they, they better not have been using this to describe a player, but I think that they were talking about, like what would create the best quarterback, but it was just a hilarious graphic of oh yes Aaron Rodgers' arm, um, Tom Brady's pocket presence, Lamar Jackson's legs, and I believe it was two-minute drill Russell Wilson because this is what he does. You know, in Seattle and now in Denver, they're bad for about 55 minutes and then pull it out in the last five. And I guess that's all that matters, but it's going to get trickier when you're playing the chargers and when you're playing the chiefs and I guess when you're playing the Raiders, but the Raiders look so disjointed right now, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely thought that they would be a lot better than they have been. Uh, and they are still two and one. So. Yeah. Uh, 
it's hard. It's becoming harder and harder to like be a Russell Wilson apologist. Um, I don't know if that's the right word. One, because of games like this, because of this sort of thing. But two, I mean, the off the field presence too. Did you yep. see the new commercial, the Subway commercial? Did you see all the things that PFT commenter was yes. doing with them? Yes. That is terrible. Have you For those done of you anything who dangerous? Don't know. For those of you who don't know or haven't seen it, Russell Wilson did a commercial for Subway promoting his new sandwich. And uh, I think PFT and a lot of other people have compared it to, it's like a serial killer monologue. <laughs> like it legitimately is. It's something straight out of the Joker or like. Yeah. Like, Be careful. He, it's spicy. I just hang on. I got to, I'm going to play yeah. it. I'm going to pull it up. It's like 45 um, seconds. The, also, I'll do a little Tony Reale, um Arizona omissions for PTI. Um, I have been bamboozled, led astray, run amok. Um, it is Romeo Dobbs. So my Packers friends told me that it was Dubs, but I think that they were yanking my chain, thinking like it's Dubs is in like W. It's Dobbs. I'm an idiot. So okay, I I don't. I've heard it said so. It looks many like Dubs. So yeah. you think that it was Dubs? It's yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yet, maybe we'll commit to it and still call him dubs. Maybe. I mean, if he keeps, yeah. you know, we'll call him dubs. If he, you know, is, is winning people fantasy <laughs> weeks with the stat line. Um, okay. But here we go. This is the Russell Wilson. This is the audio. Um, I'll play it um, uh, for a subway commercial. It's hey, insane. You want to put the subway sandwich? It is my signature sandwich. It's called the Danger Witch, and it's dangerously good. Be careful, though. It's spicy. You ever done anything dangerous? <laughs> oh, jeez. That is dangerous. I've done something like that, too. I won't tell anybody. Listen, one time... Never mind. That's too dangerous. Anyways, a danger witch, it's only in the ball. That's our little secret. Hey, you want to... No right, words. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Replay it from like the last 25 seconds. Okay. And play it over the mic again. Gotcha. Here we go. Mm. Oh. Mm. Mm. That is dangerous. Mm. I've done something like that too. Mm. I won't tell anybody. Mm. Listen, one time. <sighs> Never mind. That's too dangerous. Mm. Anyways, a danger woods. It's un it's unreal. It is unreal. The chewing, oh. like the, the soft chewing in the background, the long pause. Whoever greenlit this is has a, has a reference of just either having been the person locked in the basement or being the person who has locked somebody in the basement. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. It, the, the crazy, okay. The craziest part might be, and we'll talk about the Cowboys giants and move on here, but the craziest part of this might be like, that might not even be the most cringy worst thing he's done. <laughs> no, the, it might not. The, the worst is Mr. Unlimited by far. Have you seen I that? Have that saved on my phone? I have it saved on my phone. Yeah. Because I send that to my brother all the time. It's uh it's Russell Wilson 
just talking to the camera. I, I've given myself a new nickname. Yeah, it, it's, I don't even know why, what it's for. It's just him talking. I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, you gotta be unlimited. You, know, you gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. Um, new challenge for Russell Wilson. Instead of being Mr. Unlimited, how about be Mr. Lead your offense to score 20 points next week? Let's do that. Um, Cowboys Giants. Cooper Rush is 3-0 and in his three starts as quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And yes. U Stadium posted a, this graphic and said, should they keep Cooper Rush even when Dak comes back? Which is so funny. Which is so funny. No, but Cooper Rush looked really good in this game. And yeah. DD dropped a touchdown. He was 21 to 31, 215 in a touchdown, but very easily could be up in that 250 range with another touchdown. Like he's he's played very well. And that coupled with Dak being possibly ready to go for week five. I mean, this like it, it couldn't be better news for for Cowboys fans. Um, but Cooper Rush has looked really good, and he gets Washington next week. There's a chance that he goes three and zero this season, four and zero total, and the Cowboys are sitting at three and one going into a game yeah. with the Rams. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, and we were also we were still somehow very close to a three zero. An O or three a three and O New York Giants. I keep putting on the extra O because we've talked about the Colts and Texans so damn much. We seem to do it all, always. Add the ties yes. in. Yes, the Bears ties. are actually two one and O. Uh, that just sounds better than two and one. I see. I um, don't know. I don't know which way it goes. Like I don't know if the if the is the tie the in the middle or is the tie at the end. <laughs> ties at the end. Ties at the end. Okay. Oh, it's more yeah. confusing when you're one one and one. Now I really yeah. don't. Know. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, no, the wins go at the end. Yeah, it's, it's still, I'm going to bring this up again. It's confusing to me that Brian Dable would leave the offensive coordinator job, uh, being the renowned quarterback whisperer that somehow reigned in his accuracy and turned him into one of the best quarterbacks in football, leave that job to be the head coach of the New York giants who were a mess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, luckily, you know, Saquon coming back being healthy is great, but you still have Daniel Jones as your quarterback. Like, I think that changes this offseason. He he looks so bad. He looks like a lost duck. He looks like a uh, a deer in headlights half the time that he's out there. He probably isn't even going to finish the season. I mean, they've got Tyrod Taylor ready to go. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is an upgrade over Daniel Jones immensely. And it should like, have been noted that before the year, but I think they just wanted to give him a chance. Yeah. But how much longer is that leash? If Daniel Jones couldn't run, like if he had the mobility of Peyton Manning, yeah, he would have already been out of the league at this point, I feel like. That's the only redeeming had, quality that he's got. If he had the legs of Lamar Jackson, a two-minute <laughs> two drill presence of Russell Wilson, he'd be the greatest quarterback. Daniel Jones is if if Russell Wilson is Mr. Unlimited, then Daniel Jones is Mr. Limited. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's there's no other way to go about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, wow. That Cowboys, pick at the end obviously wasn't his fault, but it was also just a very Daniel Jones pick. Yeah, but I mean, like definitely not your fault, but also 
you are just you deserve that to go against you it's it's a ball don't lie pick like you've thrown so many questionable balls all game and the only touchdown they scored in that game was a 40 yard touchdown run by saquon so it's not like daniel jones was putting together meaningful drives that ended in the end zone um nope so yeah but that's it for this week uh looking ahead to our bets for this week um as mentioned i'm two and seven um, I have so on three one, in a week. I'm seven and two. Sorry, I'm, I'm just going to say that ahead of you. On on one hand, um, my bets are awful, but on the other hand, I'm going to have literally no money left to give to you if I can't win. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So yeah. so it's kind of a, you better start rooting for me to win just a little bit so you can get some money back. <laughs> um, all right, Thursday game. I I like, and you said this, and I just want. To be, I want it to be known that I'm with you. Even with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, I like the Dolphins plus three and a half. Like I would take that regardless of quarterback. Um, okay. Because I just feel like I haven't seen enough from the Bengals yet. One, the Miami defense is good enough to stifle them, to keep it a low scoring game. And I think Teddy Bridgewater can put together a couple of touchdown drives even if he's throwing slants and drags to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's going to be good enough to at least keep it within three scores. So I've got the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half as my first, first bet. I, um, there are two teams, three teams. There are three teams that have gone over in every single game this year. Um, or excuse me, there are three teams that have covered the spread in every single game one of those is the uh miami dolphins um however there are six teams that have gone under this year and one of those teams is the cincinnati Bengals. well they sort of got it right against um the jets i think this is going to be kind of an interesting one where because we don't know what Tua's capability will be either if it's teddy bridgewater starting or if Tua just is not himself was it last year that he played for that he that i think he came in because whoever i think who was their back last year uh jacoby Brissett. yeah it was yep um maybe Brissett started the first quarter and then two came in, in the second quarter mm-hmm. yeah the game when he had that that finger injury yeah um I, I don't know what to think kind of on this one. It, it's definitely, a, it's the toughest Thursday night one for me. I have the under 47. I like it. And with no Tua, I mean, I like that's kind of where I view this game going anyways. Maybe I should have taken the under. Um, maybe I'm going to regret it. And, and I think that's why the Dolphins are able to cover and keep it close. I would be surprised if the Dolphins went outright um, regardless, just because sure. I think that, the pieces that they have around the quarterback position are good enough coupled with we haven't, you know, the Bengals offensive line just looks awful. They yeah. invested money. They got Lyle Collins. They got, was it Alex Kappa? Was that who they got from the bucks? Um, yeah. Guard from the bucks and Joe Burrow just can't stay upright. It's amazing to me that that's what we were saying all off season or all last season. Then the off season, they try to fix it and it just, almost makes it worse yeah it's it's a bit disappointing because they'd be right back atop that division and on their way to defending 
the AFC title um, this year if their line could protect Joe Burrow. Yeah. They, I mean, they, yeah, it, as of now, it's there's a couple of teams that, you know, that we've talked about that are going to be the cream of the crop in the AFC, and the Bengals have a lot of work to do to get back to that point, which is incredible because we're three games in, uh, three games in from a, a season ago to where they went to the Super Bowl, um, but they they don't look it right now. Um, yep. So my second game, this one, uh, I've, I was looking at this, this Jaguars-Eagles game, um, and it's a lot of uh, 48 and a half. I, I think that the offenses are good. We've talked about them. Obviously what they've done is, is incredible, but I think the defenses don't get as much love as they should. The uh, Jaguars are allowing 10 points a game and the Eagles are probably somewhere close. I imagine um, I'd have to look at that and see to, uh, to be 100% sure. But I think that these are two really, really good defenses. Um, they're averaging 13 13 a game and that was with yep. 35 to the lions in week one so um no that can't be right 42 50 yeah that's not right 30 hang on 50 live math 16 17 17 points again all right all right all right that's that didn't add up in my brain at first yeah 17 points but that's with 35 to the lions in week one but i think they're coming to their own they're figuring it out um and I think this is going to be a defensive showdown. Um, sure. And I've got the under, under 40, 48 and a half, under 48 and a half. All right. Um, I took a different route in a different game. So I, I decided not to touch that one just because I have no idea how it's going to shape out. Um, I think the Eagles obviously look very good, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are overperforming so much that I don't know if I think what, what was, what did we say the spread was six and a half at this point. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on, I had um let's move forward to um I, I started to say this and was talking about the wrong game, but three teams have gone over um in all of their games so far this year, or have hit the over in each game this year. Uh those are the Detroit Lions, um, the uh Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons. Two of those teams play each other this week. That is the Browns and Falcons. Uh, that total is set at 50. I think that's attainable for two interesting defenses. Obviously, we saw that Miles Garrett was involved in a pretty significant car accident this week. I don't know how that will affect the team, uh, both mentally, but also in a physical presence, too. Um, so I do have the over 50 in this one. I like that. I feel like that would be the kind of like galaxy brain thing I would drum up just for the under to hit um sure you know what i mean where it's sure. like ah but i don't know i'm trying i'm I'm. i lost. see you trying to reverse jinx me but yeah no, no my no, brain no. is i mean i'm just my brain is just in shambles that's really what it is about but i don't even know what's up what's down i'm just trying trying <laughs> to do the best i can um last game on my docket uh i've got the vikings and the saints over 44 i did say okay. earlier um saint second half over second half i mean the saints are second half team uh, even if the score is seven to three at halftime i genuinely believe they could get to over 44 and that's the beauty of having quarterbacks like kirk cousins and Jameis, because not only do they offer you that chance of leading your team down the field but they're going to give the other team <laughs> a lot of really good opportunities to capitalize 
Um, yeah. And so we might find ourselves in a stalemate of like moving back and forth of like that, but I'm choosing to believe that it will end in yeah. points. So 44 yeah. is 44 is a 24 to 20 game. I think they can get there. I think both teams can, yeah. can get to 20 and maybe someone will push 30, but over 44 and a half Viking Saints. Um, my last game, uh, I had mentioned that the Detroit Lions are one of the three teams to hit the over each week. They are also one of the three teams to cover the spread each week. Um, they play the Seattle Seahawks visit them uh, on Sunday. I have the Lions minus four and a half. Four and a half. I thought I saw six and a half. I, but if you got four like this, yeah, maybe I'm just maybe I just read it wrong. But four and a half, that's certainly doable. Oh, yeah, four and a half. I just can't read. That's my that's my biggest issue, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I think four and a half is doable. I think that uh, that offense looks really good, um, even without DeAndre Swift. Um, Jamal Williams looked good. Amon Ra is legit insane. Yeah. The, the craziest Again, thing. Again, might be one of the best receivers in, in football, and I don't think that that's a wild stretch right now. No, definitely not. And that the Lions offense looks is clicking. They're flowing. Um, I, yep. I saw a tweet a couple of days ago. It was like Amon Ra, Drake London, and Michael Pittman were all on the same USC football team, and they were still bad. Awful. Yeah. So and that is something in and of right. itself. Crazy. Um so we have our pick set. Yes. Tell me, Fade JT. Um <laughs> College football book reports. Um, yes. I will get this kicked off. All right. So we drafted our P or we drafted our guys after the um after the episode. So this is the first time that we're mentioning them. But I BJ Ojolari, the edge rusher from LSU. Uh stands six foot three, weighs two eighteen. Um, with those measurements, you can kind of gather what he'll be, and that's he's going to be quick. He's going to be on the slimmer side, and he's going to have to develop his power. And that that lineup kind of reminds me of Leonard Floyd coming out of college. Um, Leonard Floyd did not work out at his first stop in Chicago as they kind of tried to develop him, to, or they didn't really develop him into a – the way that they put him into a scheme, it just didn't really work out for him. He was a little too undersized. Um, things have obviously changed for him going to Los Angeles and, and playing a secondary role in a, in a still a starting spot. Um, so I think BJ Ojolari can find success in the NFL. It's going to take a team that knows what to do with him um, and doesn't necessarily need to change his skill set because that speedy and slim will go a long way. Um, as long as you aren't trying to change him and his body composition drastically. So and where where do you have him going? Where, what's his oh, range? Um, probably early second round, um, depending on how this season goes for him. LSU isn't going to get a lot of limelight right now um, after losing that first game to Florida State. Um, if they can, if he can be an impact player and they can upset one of the dogs in the SEC, maybe you see him shoot up the draft board a little bit higher probably like mid second round early second round okay i like it is that is that aziz are they related is that aziz ojalari uh, 
I would assume. That just popped. That I just like popped into my brain when you said that. I was like, oh, I wonder. I probably should have known this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He is. Nice. Well, his NFL older brother. He's nice. NFL pedigree. I like it. Yeah. Right. My yeah. first guy uh, is Deuce Vaughn. 56172 is running back out of Kansas State. Um, I mean, everything that you would think of of him being at his size, 5'6, but also being an NFL prospect, everything you can think of, he's that. He's quick, he's twitchy, um, he's got good hands, he has got, you know, he sees holes well, he runs very quick, a lot of speed. Yes. Um, and everything that you would think of being 5'6, being 172, issues you have, he's got. Um, he's not bad in pass protection, but uh, uh, there's a lot of issues where guys will just literally maul over him. He'll be in the right spot and he will just get run over. Um, I think that one of the things, at least from what I've been reading, is that uh, the Kansas State doesn't really use him as the uh, the pass catcher that he is. He doesn't catch as many passes as he should, um, but he's great in open open space. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll struggle with, with NFL level hits, I think. Um, but I think that teams can use him in sort of a safer role where he's not taking those big hits. Um, and he, he could carve, carve out something. I've kind of, I've sure. got him like third or fourth round. I think a lot of places have him higher, but I just feel like with his size, it's going to be so hard to overcome that you just have to be absolutely electric, um, to really rise up the draft boards, but his size combined with how much people are kind of iffy on the running back position anyways. Um, I've got him going fourth round, I think is a good bet for him, but he is the kind of guy that will be an instant difference maker day one, come in, show out. Um, so whoever gets him is getting, um, I think Antonio Gibson type production. He went in the fourth round, but was very productive his, his rookie season. So I think it's something like that, 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 that we'll see. What were his measurements again? He's five six one seventy. Yeah, that's it's just tough. tough. He's a very talented yeah. player. Great, sure. but it's yeah, yep. So sure. that's why I've got uh, Deuce Vaughn. Um, I'm looking at the wrong sheet. Um, I'm looking at betting odds, and I'm like, that's not Sam Laporta. Uh, I had Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. Um, Sam Laporta six four. He weighs two twenty five. Coming to iowa which you know is you know one of the tight end universities kind of a thing um he was actually a wide receiver out of high school but pretty quickly transitioned that into a tight end role um he's talented he's not the speediest guy um he's not really going to draw safety that's one of his drawbacks um is that he's not a kittle type um even though his similar in terms of tall and um just incredibly athletic but he just he lacks in that speed factor um but what is the huge difference between him and uh, Kittle is the blocking ability and Sam Laporta needs to learn uh, if, if you've watched Iowa football that whole team is kind of a mishmash of what's going on right now he needs to learn that the low man wins if he can learn that and, and really kind of figure out his form in the blocking game. And he's going to be valuable to any team that can really use him. Probably still later, not not necessarily a first-round pick by any means, 
late second, early third, probably. Um, he, if he can figure out the blocking, I think that he'll find success in the NFL. I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also tough just because Iowa's offense has been an entire struggle so this year. Spencer Pet- Petrus can't get him the ball. <laughs> then what are we kind of doing here? Um, yeah. You feel you feel for players in that situation where you go to a Big Ten school, you're assuming that you're going to find success at a Big Ten school, especially like Iowa, because you're going into it thinking, you know, their, their recruiting pitch was probably, we're going to use you as a tight end. We're not going to use you as a wide receiver. Yeah. And then he goes there and he's thinking, think of all the greats here. We've had Noah Fant. We've had George Kittle. And that was the same draft year. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, and, and, and the list kind of goes on from there. But you think of it that way, you're also expecting at least a quarterback who can get you the ball. And right now they don't. And that stinks for a guy who his draft stock is what can he do with the ball? Yeah. And without the ball, you can't tell. So, yeah, uh, keeping on the offensive side of the ball, I've got Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina, had a good year last year, struggling to get going this year. Uh, a little bit about him, slot receiver, quick, twitchy, um, and an athlete. He had a 44-inch vertical in high school, um, and he's every bit of it. Uh, the rough part for him is being 5'10". He's kind of pigeonholed into that slot position. But if you get a team that is creative and can use him, he can do a lot of damage. Um, I've got him as kind of a, a late second round guy. Um, but once you get the ball in his hands, he does a lot of really magical things, um, which is cool. It's very fun to watch. Um, and so it's just a matter of can a team use him the right way? Can they see, you know, a, a scheme for him? And um, I think that very likely you look at what like obviously the Niners are doing with Debo Samuel, but on a much uh, a more shrunk down level, what the commanders are doing with Curtis Samuel, I think it's something like that would be the perfect role for him of just, you get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. Um, so yeah, late second, but Josh Downs, wide receiver, North Carolina. Um, my third and final player, I had Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame defensive end. Um, I think he's what the 23rd best prospect according to PFF on this. Um, he's 6'5, he's 260. If you watch an Notre Dame game, he's going to be involved in just about every defensive snap. Um, in, in terms of just he's either blowing up the quarterback or he's blowing up a run. Um, my thing is he's incredibly strong and, and he's a long player too because he's got a tall build. Um, especially for an end like that. He's far better in the in run defense than in pass rush. He's a little bit slower. I see him ranked as the 23rd best prospect to PFF. When you think of that, you think probably late first round, early second round. He's prototypical going to fall, probably until the third. Because um, NFL teams don't really fall in love with this type of player anymore. Um, he almost reminds me of like a, of a really good defensive end in like 2005. 
like he's like Alex Brown to me mm. in the or, or Mark Mark Anderson is like the best comp from like the 2006 Bears um and just that he's like kind of slow off the edge um but it's really just the fact that he he's not going to pressure a quarterback in the NFL with the talent that he'll go up against uh from a tackle position or or even a guard position um so I am a little bit more concerned for him than I think other sites would be. He, to me, seems like a properly valued at the third round could be overdrafted to the first. So we'll kind of see. Nice little wide range. Yeah, I think uh, there there are only going to be a handful of listeners that even got the reference that you you made comparing him to whoever you compared him to. I don't sure, know. Alex Brown and Mark Anderson. Yes, fair yeah, enough. For sure. I don't even know. So if anybody did who's listening out there, congrats to you. Um, you have a better understanding of, of this guy than most people. Think of like a bad OC Yuminyora. Uh, I, I can never get okay. his right his name right. But just like stockier off the edge than you'd probably like him to be. And it prevents him from being a factor in the NFL in terms of every play. And I, and obviously um, he was a far better player in the NFL, but. Um, well, what are, what are, his measure, is there a chance that he gets moved inside um, and maybe play? There is, I mean, he's six, five, two, sixty. Okay. Yeah. And, and he's not necessarily an edge because of the formation that um, Notre Dame runs. Mm-hmm. He's like a true defensive end which you often, like, Akeem Hicks is technically a defensive end, um, even though he, you would think of him as, a ta- as like, a defensive tackle. But Got it, okay. He's a traditional end. So, like, that's, I guess, what your pro comp is. But, again, Akeem Hicks didn't show out in the NFL until he was moved into a system that it worked for him. A lot yeah. of these players are kind of like that. Bosky, in particular, is one where he will struggle until he's in the right home. Yeah. All right. One more guy. Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina, six foot even, 188 pounds. Uh, this guy's good. I like him. Uh, he's aggressive and multiple facets, whether it's pressing up on the line, uh, going toe to toe with whatever receiver he's covering, but also just making tackles in open fields, uh, in, in open space. Like he is a guy who is like surprisingly rangy from a, uh, not a coverage standpoint, but from diagnosing plays and, and just like being a willing tack tackler, um, which isn't something you usually see out of cornerbacks. Um, but he is quite the athlete. Um, they've got uh, a lot of the sites I've been looking at have him ranked pretty high. Um, from what I saw, from what I read, what I watched, I'm excited about him. Um, he's got a shot to be the first cornerback off the board um, this year, yeah. depending on how things shape out. Um, he is he is that good. Um, and a team that takes a chance on him is going to be very excited um, about what he can bring to the table. Um, in terms of weaknesses, I think it's just, you know, continuing to develop and grow at the position. And it's hard because the better you are, the less action you get. Um, and so that would be just a knock on him, which isn't even a knock on him. Um, but realistically, it's, you know, that's the reality. Anybody to compare him to? Um, I mean, honestly, I, what I got a little bit was some Pat Sertan, 
that was kind of the uh, idea that I was picking up just watching him. And maybe that's just because watching, you know, I was watching Sertan tape two years ago and now I'm, you know, tuning in here. Um, and so sure. that, it might be like a little bit of bias there, but when I was watching him, it's just like, that's kind of what I was getting. Um, and so, yeah, he's definitely, he's got a shot to be a top 10 guy, first corner off the board. Um, definitely an exciting prospect and a guy that I'm going to be tracking, I think throughout the year. Sure. All right. So, yeah. I think it, that's it for um, us, I think, right? Yeah, I think I think we are we are all done. Um, I'm excited for this week. I'm not going to go three and zero. I'm going to go two and one. How about that? All right, I'm going to go two and one on my bets. I'm going to go one and two. Okay, cool. I feel it. I'm I'm setting a trend because then I'll go right. three and zero next week. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that will do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you after another exciting week of football.